You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Uh, the Fin Fans Podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Hey everyone, it's uh, Monday following the Buffalo Bills game up in Buffalo, a place we never seem to do overly well. But I think both Lou and I are a little bit positive about what we saw yesterday. Uh, Lou, why don't you start me off here? <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy with the way the game unfolded yesterday. Um, we came out early on. First play from offense was a, a trick play that, that was you. more, yeah, it was, it was a trick or treat play for sure, but it was more of a, it was a negative. It was a weird play to start the game with. I guess they were trying to catch Buffalo off guard. It didn't work. So you're looking at that on the offensive side, on the defensive side. We'll get the negatives out of the way first. How's that, Mike? So, Early on, there were negatives, you know, with the um, Wilkins getting thrown out of the game, throwing a punch, very first play of the game. I, I hate that they threw him out for that, though. I know you can't throw punches. I get it. But that was weak. Well, yes, but, you know, there's no degree of, yeah, you know, know. how I you know. throw. If you throw I a know. punch, you're done. It's, you know, it's that simple. Uh, the players are aware of that. He was it, getting it molested. Happened. He got frustrated and, you know, he lost it. But I, I didn't think it was that malicious to where he should have been ejected. You know, they have that rule where if you get two on sportsmanlike conducts, you get thrown out of the game. And I thought maybe that would have been more appropriate. You're, you're probably right. But I think, as I said, as the rule goes, Mike... Yeah. The minute you throw a punch, then that's it. You're immediately ejected. So. I mean, every other rule is subjective. That should be, too. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I mean, this is the NFL, and we've been through this with the rules and whatnot. It's just, you know, they can, they can again, they can fix things, and they choose not to. So, yep. anyway, back to the game. So, you know, in the, again, in the first quarter, you know, we'll stick with just a few negatives here. You know, McMillan missed uh, missed a tackle that went for 22 yards to, I believe, their fullback. And you're thinking, my goodness, is it going to be one of these type of days? But, you know, as the first quarter moves on, you know, you see Baker blitzing up the middle and putting a lot of pressure on um, uh, Allen. Allen. And, uh, you know, they stop him. You know, Walton's running the ball well. Um, you know, the defense is making plays. And then we have the Preston Williams catch down the sideline, the perfect pass, the perfect catch. I mean, that that was great, wasn't well, it? Great play, to see. Huge play. I mean, just perfect. I mean, it was like Marino-esque, wasn't it? I mean, it was right on his hands, perfect stride, didn't have to miss a beat, you know, in his pattern. I mean, it hit him right in the hands. And yeah, thankfully um, he didn't drop it. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, they put a nice drive together and you're thinking, wow, this is great. I mean, the drive, I don't know how many minutes it took, Mike, but it was first down after first down after first down. And how often have we seen that over the last few years? Um, you know, we, we usually score on big plays. You know, from way outside, we never really put drives together like that. And it was a great thing to see. So, you know, the first quarter ends. 
in a good way. I mean, did you have any takes from it, Mike, the first quarter? Or do you remember anything specifically? Well, I, I remember that it was competitive. I mean, we didn't embarrass ourselves. We we came out, and, and I thought that uh, we showed well. You mentioned Walton. I, I think he made a huge difference in, in the game. He, he was gaining yardage. Mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick was fairly accurate early. Mm-hmm. Preston Williams was catching the ball. I mean, they just looked they looked in sync. Exactly. So we move to the second quarter. We get the touchdown by Balage. I mean, right now, I guess he's our uh, touchdown specialist, right? Like Pete Johnson back in the day. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Although <laughs> I think right. Pete has a few pounds on him. Pete had a few pounds on him, yeah. And uh, But Balage comes in. He gets in the end zone. Uh, Fitzpatrick continues to look good through the second quarter. Uh, in that quarter, there were a few situations where we got into first and 20s and we converted. How about that? I mean, you know, in the past, when we got into those situations due to, a, you know, holding penalty or whatever penalty it may have been, you, know, you were like, all right, that's it. We're done. You know, we're punting the football and uh, we're going to have to pick it up on the next drive. But to their credit yesterday, Fitzpatrick, you know, he comes back. And he hits Parker um, on a seven-yard completion, and then they wind up picking up the first down. And um, they just continue to play well into the second quarter. Uh, We had a nice sack on Allen in that quarter as well, and we go into the half with a lead. You know, how can you You be unhappy about that? They actually had that lead for 26 minutes in the game. How about that? And we were 16-and-a-half-point underdogs. So. At this point, you're looking at this game and you're saying, wow, we are so shorthanded because we did not have Xavier Howard, as I'm sure most Dolphin fans know. We did not have our center. Rashad Jones. We did not have Rashad Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Wilkins. Um, Wilkins is thrown out of the game on the very first play. That was actually the second play. The second play? Okay. So... The point is, is that we go out there very shorthanded and we're competing with a very, very good defense and a pretty solid offense. They got Singletary back. They were at full throttle yesterday and we are not only competing, but we're beating them at halftime. So everything's looking great. And they weren't beating him with smoke and mirrors. They were playing well. Exactly. They weren't you hit it. You hit it right on, Mike. We were dropping back, throwing the football. We were running the football right at them. And like you said, it wasn't where we were doing a lot of end arounds and, you know, doing a lot of trickery. No, it was, listen, we're running a basic offense and we're beating you to the punch. And that's what they did. So it was great to see, um, you know, going into the third quarter, you know, we had a couple of holding penalties that hurt us once. Uh, but again, you know, he comes back, Fitzpatrick um, on first and 20, hits Jacecki for 11 yards. And, you know, this is what was going on yesterday. It was another conversion on a first and 20 where we just haven't seen it. I mean, I think we did it two or three times yesterday. So it was really, really fun to watch. Um, Fitzpatrick has a big third down and six run. We're moving the football, and um, oh boy, I think we had a big completion down the field, and uh, Dieter had a holding penalty uh, that really killed us. I think it was a long pass to Jacecki. It's you know they just the fake field goal came in the third quarter, which I thought was a great play. Yeah, a lot of people are questioning why you do that. 
And uh, well, I shouldn't say a lot of people. I should say some people are questioning why you do that. Why, why do you not go for the short points? Right. Well, he, here's the thing, Mike. I was shocked that, to begin with, that they weren't going for it on fourth down. And you know what I was even more shocked about was the fact that the third down play wasn't challenged because I honestly believe that he got that. And I think initially, at least that's what the announcers were saying, that our our, our head coach was calling for a measurement and yes. they didn't give him that. He and was. They had the camera on him the whole time, yeah. right? And yep. um, he was trying to get a measurement. Um, somebody, yeah, I thought that a coach could call for a measurement at any time and it's going to be accepted. Generally that's, speaking, I, I don't know why they did not allow it. Yeah, it was it was it was really strange. And as you know, as I'm watching it, I'm getting antsy, and I'm sure all Dolphin fans are getting antsy because now we're in a fourth down situation, and we're in a position to where we can really put them behind. And it's a big, big point in the football game. So you know, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I think they should have challenged it initially, and, or they should have at least given them the measurement because they, you know, the, the TV did not show the replay. At any point, which I was, you know, I was surprised about that as well. The announcers never said, you know what? I think he may have picked that up. That was a lot closer. And as you, if you do rewatch the game, Mike, just take a look at that. You know, so maybe on Wednesday we could talk about it a little bit more. But, you know, I just felt that they should have at least challenged it. So anyway, we move on from there. We bring the field goal unit out. I was disappointed in that because I honestly felt we were going to go for it on fourth down. And I'm like... Okay, you know what? We're we're being awfully conservative here. And then they run the fake field goal. So we get the first down and what was it, a play or two later, Fitzpatrick, or maybe it was a play later, Fitzpatrick throws the big interception, and that's a major turning point in the football game. Um, you know, that's basically the third quarter, Mike. Did you have um anything more in regard to the third quarter? No, I, I think they, they played very, very well. I mean, they they chewed up what ten minutes on that drive. Oh, it was it was close to that. I don't know the exact time. I don't have it in front of me, but I, I don't either. But I think it was close to ten minutes, if not ten minutes. And uh, you know, they they were certainly deflating the stadium. You did, you know, took the crowd out of the game a bit, and uh, they were doing what you'd want to do on the road. Right. So, you know, it was it was a very unfortunate interception because it really started to really change the momentum of the game. And uh, it's just something you can't do. But I got a lot of positives to say about Fitzpatrick, and we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah, the um, you know, so the third quarter ends. We're, we're still right there. And then we come back in the fourth quarter and Preston Williams, of course, has the big fumble, which is, again, turning point number two. Um, And, you know, when we talked about previewing the game last week, we all talked about the fact that turnovers would be the difference in the game. And they were. And they were. You know, you look at it, we had turned the ball over two times, both times in the second half. Buffalo didn't turn the ball over at all. And when you look back on this game, that was the difference because statistically... We clearly outplayed them. We outplayed them. And as you're watching the football game, you can honestly say our offense looked better than their offense. And to a degree, our defense played better than their defense did. So, you know, in the fourth quarter, you know, we had the big fumble. 
Jacecki, I think that's when it happened, Mike. Jacecki had a big catch down the middle, and we had a holding penalty call it back, which I think hurt us as well on one of the drives. Um, and then, of course, we have the Fitzpatrick touchdown run, which I thought was just, again, you, you mentioned Fitzpatrick you know, a minute ago, and again, the guy just, he's down in the football game. He just takes off. He avoids a sack to begin with and then turns it into a touchdown by taking on a defender at the goal line. Here's 36-year-old guy with with just the heart of a lion. And how, how can you not enjoy watching that as a football fan? Let's talk about time of possession real quick. Sure. Uh, since we just brought it up a minute ago. In the first quarter, we had the ball for 7 minutes, 38 seconds uh, to Buffalo's 7.22. So it's pretty close to even. Mm-hmm. Uh, second quarter, they held it about a minute and a half more than we did. The third quarter, we had it for 9 minutes, 59 seconds. The Bills had it for 5.01. And the fourth quarter, we held the ball for 9 minutes, 8 seconds. And they had it for 5.52. Right. Uh, so for the game, we, we held it uh, 33 minutes, 31 seconds, and, and that's helping your defense. That's the best way to help your defense. Absolutely. How many times during these podcasts have I mentioned that, Mike, in regard to the offense helping the defense early in the season, especially in the games where Rosen quarterbacked, even the, you know, the, the games that Fitzpatrick quarterbacked in? You did not have any time of possession battles being won. The offense has to help the defense. Has to. It's so important. It's so important. Even if you're not scoring, it's so important because you've got to keep your defense to where they can physically hang in the game. Exactly. And the, the less times they have to do that and the less times they are exposed as a defense because, honestly, we don't have a lot of great football players on that side of the field. Now they are playing well. The schemes seem to be working well uh, since early on in the season. They seem to be getting better. But when, you're lo- you, know, when you don't have the players that uh, the guys like the Xavier Howards and the Rashad Joneses of the world and, of course, Wilkins, and you're still out there and you're competing as a defense, then it says something about what the coaching staff is doing as well, that they're creating situations. I liked the timely blitzing yesterday, Mike. I don't know if you picked up on that, but there were a few situations where Baker came through. um, Who's number 47? Uh, That's uh, Beagle. Beagle came through, and I believe he had a sack. They, I know, like him better than I like Alonzo. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> let's not get into. Do we? I say that because he was acquired in the Alonzo trade. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Absolutely. I mean, I I wasn't a big fan of his, and that's a whole other story. Well, he's he's gone, long gone, and um. But the point is, is that they're out there. And they're competing against a pretty decent team. And I thought they did, overall, the defense did a pretty solid job. But to your point, Mike, the offense helped incredibly. We put three decent drives together yesterday that took up a ton. Actually, four, if you want to count the one in the fourth quarter, you know, where they where they drove down if Fitzpatrick ran it in. But early in the game, the three touchdown drive, well, the two touchdown drives, one of them resulted in the interception. Exception, those yeah. those three drives took up a lot of time, and again, like you said, it kept the defense off the field, and it and it keeps you competitive in these football games. I mean, we had a chance to win this game yesterday. 
without well, the two- as I said, we had the lead for 26 minutes, and we would have kept the lead had we not turned the ball over. Absolutely. Absolutely. Buffalo would have been scrambling to get back into this game late had we scored that touchdown uh, on that interception drive. So, you know, uh, the great thing about what we saw yesterday was we're seeing improvement, and we saw it in a hostile environment against a team that is now 5-1. and one. They've lost one time, and that was to New England. So it's a pretty solid football team. And we showed them that even shorthanded that, hey, we can compete with you. And I know those Buffalo fans were awfully quiet. And as a Dolphin fan, you love to see that. As you're watching this game, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't hear them. You didn't hear them an no, awful lot. No, you really didn't. It didn't sound like a typical uh, Miami-Buffalo game in Buffalo. Not at all. Uh, and it wasn't. I mean, you remember last year when we went in with a far superior team and got our butts handed to us. Yeah, yeah. They beat us both. Well, we beat them down here. Right. They should have really beat us. Clay dropped that pass in the end zone yep. at the end of the game. and But, yeah, when we went up there, it was just a complete annihilation. I think they scored like 40 points on us yeah, last year, Yeah, I think year, so, didn't too. They? I think it was pretty ugly. It was definitely ugly. But, you know, we, we talked about the offense, you know, as a, uh, as a whole. Let's talk about some individual performances. Well, I, I think you got to start with uh, Fitzpatrick. Uh, he he was, uh, statistic-wise, he, he threw the ball 35 times, completed 23 for uh, 282 yards and, and the touchdown and interception. Uh, he also ran in one uh, score. Right. But I, I think his performance goes above and beyond the stats. If, if you look at the stats, you obviously you're going to say, well, he threw an interception and he hurt his team, and he did. But uh, I think if you look at the whole picture, Fitzpatrick, I thought, was the reason the offense was successful as they were. Uh, not only because of the way he threw the ball most of the game, but I thought he was in command of the game. Um, and when he needed to do it, he did it. They picked up like 60% of their third downs, and and we've not even come close to that number in I don't know how long. Right. Uh, And they converted on fourth down twice, once on the the fake field goal and then the other time that they uh, attempted it. Right. You know, I mean, you got to give him his credit. And in the pocket, he was a magician. I mean, he avoided sack after sack after sack after sack. And, we, you know, he was pressured 19 times. Wow. On 35 passes, he was pressured 19 times and was not sacked. Right. And that is so important. That keeps your drives going. That That's why they were able to have those long drives. Absolutely. Um, that, as it was, they had to overcome a first and 20 a couple of times. But you start throwing sacks in there on second down, on third down, your drive's over. Absolutely. And so it's so critical. And uh, I think that's something that people need to look at when they watch him play because that's the difference between him and some of the other quarterbacks uh, that we've played recently. Exactly. And you throw in the fact that we just lost our starting center. So the offensive line is again making adjustments. For the sixth time in six weeks. Sixth time in six weeks due to injuries. And he goes out there, and this is probably the best defense that we went up against up to this point. And Baltimore's was pretty good the week we played them. Baltimore's was good, but they're 
they're showing that they they've got some issues there. I don't think that they're as good a defense as Buffalo is. New England, you can say right now statistically is probably a little bit better, but this uh-huh. is one of the better the better defenses that we've played, and we played them on the road. On top of that, in a hostile environment and. To your point, Mike, Fitzpatrick goes in there. He's not phased by any of it. He's got pressure all around him, and he's creating positive plays over and over again. And this is what I've talked about to where if your offensive line breaks down, you have to have a quarterback that is able to turn it into positives instead of just making excuses for guys saying, well, he got pressured all day. Yeah, the he, offensive he, line couldn't block. Blah, he blah, blah, couldn't blah, blah. do anything. There was no running game. There was no guys are dropping passes. Guys are doing this, doing that. By the way, yesterday, I don't know if if it's a situation where a guys are just in the flow of the game and concentrating a lot more because they're getting more opportunities. But how many drop balls did you see yesterday? I don't remember one. Not many. Not many. Not many. You know, he, he raises the, the ability of those around him, and yes. uh, that makes a big difference. Mike, the, the ability, and I hate to say this or use this word because these guys are professionals, but you know what? I think there's something to be said about desire as well. When they see a guy 36 years old taking on a defensive player at the goal line to keep them in a football game, that tells everybody on that team that, hey, if this guy's doing it, then what the hell are we doing? We better pick it up a notch. Right. So I, like you said, I think, it, I think it elevates guys in a lot of different ways when he's on the football field. And I mean, honestly, wasn't this game great to watch compared to what we've been seeing? I mean, wasn't it fun to oh, watch? Up until they self-destructed, it was amazing. It right. was fun. It was the kind of game you want to watch. Exactly. It was It was enjoyable for four quarters. He kept us in the game. It wasn't something to where, you know, third quarter, you're like, okay, this game's done. It's over with. You know, we're, we're just constantly three and outs. It's not the same old boring Dolphin I don't want to give him all, all the credit, though. No, because I, no. I think other guys stepped up, too. I Absolutely. Mean, had, had Walton looked like the best back on the roster yesterday. Yes, he did. He did look good. And he had, to the offensive line's credit, they created running lanes it wasn't where he was breaking five six tackles he had some room to run yesterday so i'll give the offensive line some props as well wouldn't you say i know they had a fullback in on some well, plays I, I think uh, bay made a difference at center i really do because a lot of those runs especially early were right up the gut and he was ripping them you know for six eight ten yards a carry yeah Mm-hmm. He averaged almost five yards a carry yesterday. Yep. He was, yep. Walton was at 4.7, and he carried the ball twice as many times as Drake did yesterday. So yes. I think we're starting to see a formation of how this is all going to pan out. You know, Walton's going to be your running, your running back, and um, you're going to have Mr. Uh, Balage at, at the goal line. You're going to have Drake in passing situations. You know, Drake caught three balls for 37 yards again yesterday. So he's averaging over 10 yards a catch. You know, so anytime he's touching the football out of the backfield, you know, they're going, it's going for decent yardage. So the thing is this, is that guys are starting to know their roles. If you, if you watch the receivers yesterday, it's those two guys on the outside. It's Williams and Parker. 
Williams yeah. had six catches on eight targets. Right. He had 82 yards. Mm-hmm. And so he certainly did his part. And Parker wasn't that far behind. I think he had five or six catches he as well. He had five catches for 55 yards. And the touchdown. And let's talk about Gusecki for a second. Well, um, yes. I mean, I, he was incredible yesterday. He, he was just snagging the ball out of the air, and uh, he finally looked like the guy we thought we were getting in the second round. Absolutely. Yeah, his numbers, you know, he had four for 41 yesterday. Yeah, but that, that doesn't but tell the story. It doesn't tell the story because he had one called back, a nice 20-yard gain down the middle because of holding. And I think he had another catch called back as well. But the point is, is that we're starting to see his ability. And the quarterback is creating these situations, whereas – when we had Rosen in the game, and I'm not going to go into knocking him, but anybody who watched that game yesterday saw the difference between the two quarterbacks and what we have and what we don't have in one. And the fact that Fitzpatrick, and I, I think I talked about this on Monday, Mike, the fact that the coaching staff made this, this decision, I think has a lot to do with the fact that they need to evaluate a lot of these other guys as well. And with Rosen, they weren't getting that opportunity. So you bring Fitzpatrick in. Did you hear, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, go did, ahead. Did, did you hear the um, soundbite from when, uh, you know, the mic'd up where they had the coach mic'd? I did not. I must oh, have missed that during the okay. telecast yesterday. No, no, not yesterday, but the week before. Okay. When he made the change, you know, he they, they had him mic'd up and uh, he said, I think we need a spark. And that, that's what he was looking for from Fitzpatrick. And he told him, well, you're in this series. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't necessarily going to be, you know, the entire game that he was going to complete. He told him he was only putting him in for a series. And, you know, when he did actually spark the team by going downfield to Gazeki, they kept him in the game. And, and you saw that same spark yesterday. It carried over. Yes. Uh, you know, from last week to this week. And, uh, you know, Rosen is still, in my opinion, a rookie. He, you know, he's really a rookie. I mean, he's not, you know, by years a rookie, but he's in a new situation, new teammates, new co- new offense, new coach, you know. So, to me, he's a rookie mm-hmm. because he's not really established himself yet. Right. So, you know, I don't expect him to perform on par with what I would expect Fitzpatrick to do. Now, it didn't work out the first couple of games for uh, Fitzpatrick, and they wanted Rosen to provide that spark, and it just didn't happen. Right. So now they've gone back to him, and I think he's shown you that uh, that experience is helping him. Now, you know, they've got some other tough games coming up uh, starting Monday night in Pittsburgh, so who knows what the, what Fitz is going to do uh, because he is really, you know, a journeyman quarterback. But if he plays like he did yesterday minus the interception, they got a good chance of going into Pittsburgh and, and playing very, very well. Hey guys, I wanted to break in here real quick just to ask a favor of you. On the app that you're listening on, uh, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit like, leave a, a comment on your thoughts of the show. And uh, if you didn't know, we do, we do run a Facebook group. Uh, it's Miami Dolphins number one. That's hashtag one. We talk uh, Dolphins football 24-7, 365. We'd love to have you join us and share your thoughts. And uh, once again, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, Let's make it a habit. We'll see you next week. Absolutely. I mean, Mike, he's not surrounded. Let's just keep in mind that he's not surrounded by great talent on that that side of the football. So the fact that they were competitive and they did as well as they did 
yesterday goes a long way in not only what he did, but what the coaching staff did. They're putting guys in a position to where they can be productive. And I think they're doing a great job. We cannot, we cannot stay, you know, not talk about the fact that the coaching staff is doing a great job week in and week out. I honestly felt that yesterday's game plan was very basic. There wasn't anything special about it. They were lining up and they were making plays. They were like, okay, Preston, you got to beat your guy. Parker, you got to beat your guy. Jacecki, you got to beat your guy. When we run the football, you guys across the offensive line have to create lanes for our running backs. And they did a very, very good job of all of that yesterday. And on the defensive side, you can say pretty much the same, that they put us in a position to where we were capable of winning this football game yesterday. So we got to give the coaching staff some props to people that wanted uh, Flores' head after week one. Look at where they're at now. You know, with, it's funny. With a lot of I, I heard it after the game yesterday. Uh, somebody is saying... Uh, Oh, they don't make second half adjustments, you know, and it's just foolishness. Again? Yes. The second half. Well, yes. I mean, you can't you can't adjust to turnovers. It's not the coaching staff's <laughs> fault that that Fitzpatrick threw the interception at our goal line pretty much, you know, when we're getting ready to score a touchdown and it's not the coaching staff's fault if Preston Williams catches fumbles, a football right? over the over the middle of the field and then in turn fumbles and gives Buffalo a short field. I mean, again, that's the difference in the football game. I mean, the score was 31-21, but you know, that last touchdown that they scored on the onside kick, you know, you throw that out the window. It was 24-21 yesterday. Miami and had 24 first downs yesterday. They, they were. They, it's not coaching. <laughs> right. And there, listen, there's credit. Again, Mark Walton, this isn't, you know, it's not Marshall Falk out there. Right. You know, our receivers, you know, it's not like you have Julio Jones and A.J. Green working well, on the outside. Well, they picked up on waivers, okay? Exactly. Same, you know, same thing with the receiver, Williams, you know? Right. I mean, people have to understand what they're throwing out there. And that's not to say either one of these guys don't have talent, because clearly they do. They do, absolutely. But they're, they're not on par with a, a Frank Gore or some of the other players that we're facing. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they've they got – every team we play has superior talent to us at this point. And, again, it was a three-point game when all was basically said right. and done up right. until the onside kick. So, you know, and that's on the road. All You throw all of those – all of those things into the mix, and you got to be happy. Even though we lost the football game, and I, I hate saying that you got to be happy when you lose a football game, but you got to be happy about the direction the team is taking us in. When we, well, I, I think it's safe to say they exceeded our expectations yesterday. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Mike, you talked – on the podcast Monday about it being a complete blowout. I said 27 to 3, you don't have to rub it in. And that but that that was prior to <laughs> yeah. to us knowing that Xavier Howard would not play, right. our center would not play, Wilkins getting thrown out of the football game and Rashad Jones not playing. So you 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 throw four starters out of the mix and you're probably saying, "Oh, it's not twenty-seven-three. It's going to yeah, probably 38 be 38 to 3, right? <laughs> right, or 45 <laughs> to 3." Yeah. So, you know, with all those factors being, again, thrown into the mix, they were very competitive. They played an excellent football game, and they were a few turnovers away from actually winning the football game. So, 
we've got to be happy as Dolphin fans. I was. I was. I mean, you look, I'm never going to be satisfied until they win a Super Bowl, okay? So, you know, I'm not going to say I'm satisfied, but I was pleasantly surprised. Yes. I was definitely pleasantly surprised. And uh, I, I just think that people were able to see with their own two eyes what the dif- what the difference good quarterback play can make up until the point of that interception that kind of hurt the team. Exactly. Well, you look at what Fitzpatrick does, and it's not... It's not Deshaun Watson or any of, the, any of these real mobile quarterbacks that have this ridiculous speed. Even Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a runner. He can run with the football. This is a 36-year-old quarterback that is not big in size as well. But he goes out there and he knows how to move around in He's the big pocket. In heart. He's big in heart, but he has the ability to just take a step to the left, take a step to the right, take a step forward, shake a guy off and create a positive. There I'm telling you there's there's an X there's a lot of X factors in a quarterback. And you know, we're praising Fitzpatrick like he's, you know, he's he's the next Dan Marino, but as you watch the game yesterday, you have to throw credit at him. You have to throw in the fact that this is what you need a quarter. This is what you want in a quarterback. He doesn't. It was a good illustration of what I just said of yes. what quality quarterback play can do to an average or below average roster. Absolutely, absolutely. Can keep you in games that maybe you shouldn't be in. Exactly. And it's the key. It's the key to every football team. You have to have a quarterback. It just affects the defense. It affects all of the players around him on offense. And again, Great point there, by the way, because it does affect the defense. It, it, it absolutely does. When they see a guy and they're sitting there on the sidelines and they're seeing a guy, the offense on the field for 10 minutes, you said, on one of the drives yes. and some of the other drives are long drives. They're sitting there and they're resting. They're like, this is great. When we go out there, I am jacked up. I'm ready to get on that football field. And the fact that they're just in the football game and not... Then you got a rested defense going out there to protect the lead instead of an exhausted defense trying to get the lead. Try, or trying to keep the other team from scoring over and over and over again. Right. What we have seen, especially in the, game, in the games that Rosen quarterbacked, was opportunity after opportunity for the opposing offenses to score against us and when you're playing teams like the Patriots you know I'll 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 use that game as an example you can't keep giving the ball back to Brady it, no. it, it, I mean it, that that's a that's a disaster waiting to happen they kept them in that game for a while and the offense just never did anything with it so you know that was that was Fitzpatrick quarterbacking that game what did, what did you think of the offensive play calling yesterday? I thought it was perfect. I thought it was basic. I felt that they were using, they were just going man to man. Mike, it was so simplistic and, and it worked. It didn't have to be anything special. You had go you ahead. have to be simplistic when your personnel keeps changing every week. Right. I, I mean, Mike, it wasn't like they were in a hurry up offense and they were throwing the ball 10 straight times. They mixed it up very well. They said, hey, we're going to run the ball in these formations. We're going to pass the ball at times from this formation. It To me, it looked like they had a lot of double receiver sets. They were yes. in like a base offense because Wilson in that slot 
was not in there an awful lot. I, at least I don't think he was. I'd have to watch the game again. I know Hearns was in in passing situations. Wilson was not in a great deal, no. Oh. I think he only had one catch yesterday. It was a big catch, and it was a really nice catch over the middle, but I think that was the extent of it. And Alan Hearns had like three catches for 50-something yards yesterday as well. So he got other guys involved also in situations. But getting back to your question, Mike, I thought the play calling yesterday was simplistic. They, I, it, I think that what they did was in practice all last week was more so work on execution and the timing between the quarterback and the receivers because, boy, I'll tell you what, with the exception of a few passes, I mean, everything looked really crisp. I mean, that's a good word to use was crisp across the playing field. You know, there were a few breakdowns across the offensive line at times on running plays or a passing play, but for the most part, didn't they look crisp? Didn't they look like everybody was on the same page? And – Let's go back to Fitzpatrick for a second too, Mike. Okay, when he steps up to the line of scrimmage, how many times yesterday did you see him directing everybody? He was yelling out to the wide receivers. He was talking to the offensive linemen. Okay. He was quarterbacking. He was quarterbacking. He was going up to the line of scrimmage and talking to everybody before the damn ball was snapped. Now, in years past, when you would see Tannehill go up to the line of scrimmage, you'd have a safety right there at the line of scrimmage. And do you think the guy would maybe take a step back and say, hey, you know, watch the blitz here, watch the blitz. No, this guy was in full command, running the offense and doing an extremely good job with the opportunity that he had yesterday. So let's let's see where we go from here. Monday night's going to be another tough task, but Hey, if he played, like you said, if he plays the way he played this past week, then we should be fine. We should be able to compete against this team. Well, I'll tell you, they got to get somebody to play a little better left tackle than what we had yesterday because Webb uh, did not have a good game. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, he was probably the weak spot on the line yesterday. Right. Bame at center and and Dieter had, had, uh, I would say below average games, but you know, for our line, they they were okay. Uh-huh. Uh, Davis uh, probably played the best of the group, right? Uh, so you know that was good to see, you know, because obviously he's a uh, right tackle, so we, uh-huh. we need some performance there. Hopefully, he can keep it up. So we'll see. I mean, you know, the, I'm not I'm not sold on the line yet. I think Fitzpatrick made them look better than they were yesterday. Agreed. And, uh, the question is, can they keep that up? You know, and it's like Marino used to do with, with his lines. And I'm not talking once they drafted uh, Webb and Sims because that line got significantly better. But, uh, you know, in those uh, mid to late 80s years, that offensive line was not a strength of that team. And uh, you didn't know it by watching Marino because he was able to slide around and, and use his quick release to get rid of the ball. And, and now we're relying on Fitzpatrick to do the same thing. And, of course, that's a big drop-off. But the point is they have to play quarterback the same way. They've got to slide around in the pocket, and they've got to get rid of the ball. Mm-hmm. The problem with uh, Rosen was he was holding the ball too long, and we've seen other quarterbacks here do that as well. Uh, you're going to get sacked if you do that. You don't have a lot of time. All right. And Fitzpatrick didn't – he had 19 pressures, with, and they did not sack him once yesterday, right. correct? 35, 35 throws, 19 pressures, yes. I mean, that that's, that's all you have to look at is 
The he was right 19 times. 19 times. And when you look back at the games where Rosen quarterbacked, it was similar situations. If anything, the offensive line maybe maybe took a step back with losing our center. Maybe, maybe not, because our center that stepped in this week played well. But the point of the matter is, is he that he played as good as I thought. Right. You you saw the difference and you saw the ability. You saw a quarterback that was still able to make plays being pressured 19 out of the 35 times he dropped back to pass yesterday. And a lot of those pressures became not only avoided sacks, but positive plays on the offensive well, many, side. Well, many of them were blindside pressures, too. Uh, you had Webb, right. who gave up four, uh, you know, so exactly. that's, that's on his blindside. That's a left tackle. So mm-hmm. he's really got to be evasive to get away from those. He's got to feel them, and, and he did a good job. Absolutely. I mean, I, I can't say enough about how he played yesterday. You have to be impressed with the desire that this guy still has. Because, I mean, this is an 0-6 team now, and he's out there just fighting his ass off. How how can you not enjoy watching that oh, it was, as a it Dolphin was, fan? It was fun, but you know in your heart it's not going to last. I mean, he's going to come back down to being Fitzpatrick because that's what he does. Uh, but but I, th- I just think he showed something yesterday, and he showed something the week before late against Washington that he can get the job done. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Mike, he is going to have his games, but the desire is never going to leave him. That's the thing. When when you're throwing him out on the football field, his desire, regardless of what type of football game he's playing, he's a fighter. And he's going to fight until the end. And it's that simple. And that's all you want out of your quarterback. It's that- you know, I use the word scrappy when I when I describe a lot of players. Uh, Bobby McCain, I say, is scrappy. And I think Fitzpatrick is scrappy as well. He's, he's they're smart. not the most talented, but they're going to fight and claw. You know, Absolutely. they're not going to give in. And he's very smart as well, Mike. Yep. He's an extremely smart well, He's a Harvard grad, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. He, but football wise, he's just he's out. Listen, Tannehill had a, had a high IQ supposedly. And yeah, he it, was smart, but he it, wasn't football smart. It didn't translate onto the field exactly. Right. So regardless of whether Fitzpatrick went to Harvard or not, he you know when he steps out on the football field, I think he understands what has to be done, and he gets it done, and hopefully he continues to do it. It's fun to watch. Yes, it was. All right. Is is there anything else you want to uh, discuss? I think I think we're good. I think, think we're, we're good. good. We we covered just about everybody. I mean, we got to give props out to Jacecki, who we talked about. I thought again, he had a great game yesterday. I mean, we talked a lot about Fitzpatrick. Jacecki is is literally right behind him. I mean, I felt that he had his best game as a pro yesterday. And um, he's showing that athletic ability. That I mean, boy, can he go up and get the football? He's got soft hands, too. He does. He's got soft hands. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, going forward, we have have some interesting players and we have a good coaching staff. And I think that once we get some real, real good football players in here, just at a few different positions, this is going to be a fun team. Well, I think what you're starting to see, Lewis, is I think you're starting to see some familiarity. You know what I mean? Uh, the coaches are learning what the players can do. The players are learning what the coaches expect. Yes. And it's only six weeks. It's only six games they've been together, real games that count. Right. 
they're still in the growing phase. They're still in the uh, uh, setting the culture phase. You know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. So, you know, we've got a lot to look forward to. It, it's probably not going to be great this season, and we don't expect it to be great this season. But I think uh, in time, we just need to uh, give these guys a chance. Um, I like what I've seen from Flores, to be honest with you. And yes. I hope everybody else does, too, because he deserves an opportunity uh, to put his program together. Absolutely. All right, so with that, I'm going to say thanks for joining me this morning. Oh, you're very, very welcome. And everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, We'll be back Wednesday, probably late night, uh, with uh, a look ahead to the Steelers. In fact, we may go Thursday this week. I'm not sure. Uh, But because the game is on Monday, we may wait an extra day. Right. Uh, But uh, anyway... Uh, we'll come, we'll be back later in the week with that uh, look ahead and uh, thanks for listening everybody fins up fins up Dolphins alright so that's our show for this week I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network 